to the all new, all different number one comics podcast. We are at our very first bonus episode. That's right. We're going to take a break from the normal format for this episode. Of course, we will still have our weekly episode out. Don't worry about that. This is just a nice little bonus to talk about The Last of Us, American Dreams, issue number one from Dark Horse Comics. I'm Dan. Sitting across from me is Bob. Say hello, Bob. Hi, Bob. We're going to talk about Dark Horse's The Last of Us, American Dreams. We thought it would be nice and topical and a fun book in case you want to get your hands on a copy to talk about this week as the HBO series The Last of Us wraps up with its final episode coming this Sunday. Yes. Bob, this is The Last of Us American Dreams. Came out back in 2013, I believe. Let's talk about this thing. Did it come out before or after the video game? I believe after. That makes sense. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of backstory here. Again, this is a bonus episode. I'm not really going to go over the creators or anything like that. We're just going to talk about the issue at hand. This obviously is an older issue, so it's not our typical new number one comic that's out in comic shops this week type of deal. Something a little bit different. But nonetheless... We wanted to talk about it. So this book opens up with Ellie on a bus arriving at her destination of what I'm assuming must be a Fedra school. Ellie gets punched right as she walks in and put in a headlock by another. Ellie talks a whole ton of shit, even though she's the one getting beat up until Riley comes and saves her. Ellie acts tough again and tells Riley she had it covered by herself as she retrieves her Walkman. Riley runs away and Ellie gets summoned to an office. She gets in trouble as the, I don't know, person who brings her into the office goes over her record and also goes over the fight she just ended up in. And Ellie finds out that Riley stole her Walkman. Ellie confronts Riley at like a cafeteria table and gets her Walkman back as Riley tells Ellie that she has shit taste in music. Ellie is woken up to some noise, which is Riley escaping, as she demands that Riley show her how to escape too. The two finally exchange names as the issue ends with them hopping over a high fence. Did I miss anything there, Bob? No, I did not. <laughs> it's a pretty linear story. Pretty it is. straightforward. It is. It's definitely not... Very much like the books we've covered here on the podcast, it's, it's written a different way. Now, maybe that's just having a good 10 years separating um, comics now from comics back then. Could be something like that. It's I don't a know. very visual-driven book. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely. Not a whole lot of dialogue in this thing. Uh, with that being said, let's get into the story really quick. What did you think about the beats of this story? Uh, again, there's not very many story beats there. No. There's, uh, I don't know, I could probably count on one hand, two, three, four, five, maybe. You know, the the, the story beats, and being that the first, being that this is the first time I read this, you know, they do a good job of going from, you know, Ellie being on the bus, you know, her getting 
taken into the what did you call it? Uh, Fedra camp, Fedra school. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, um, getting the new girl or new guy hazing, yes. you know, which seems to happen, uh-huh, and then uh-huh. you know her acting tough, and you know her eventually getting the respect of Riley, and I guess them becoming. You know, you can't really say friends at the end of this issue, Mm -hmm. but, you know, acquaintances. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it it just kind of moves along uh, at a really fast pace. We don't do a lot of explaining anything. It just just kind of hits. It's just Ellie on that bus, arriving there, uh, getting into the fight, getting in trouble, kind of uh, confronting uh, Riley and then escaping. That's really the whole story here in this book. Now, this is a one of four, so the next three issues maybe really go somewhere with the story. But, of course, we're just here to talk about this first issue. Um, How did you feel about the narrative here? Uh, Again, not a whole lot to pull from. There's not much of a narrative. No. I think everything that I just explained was the narrative. So, it worked fine in its nice, tight little package for me. But, yeah, there's, there's not a whole lot going on here. Well, and just to just to expound on the narrative, I mean, being that this is a visually driven book, yes. You know, considering we get a few pages before we even get the first piece of dialogue, but you know, the narrative shows that this is a, um, you know, a bleak world, mm-hmm. almost you know, where everything is where everything except for that little. Uh, I still can't remember what you called it. Yeah, Fedra. Is, you know, <laughs> pretty much the only thing there. Sure. And as I, I know you said you, you've watched the first episode of the show. You haven't really gone back yet. You're waiting for it to end before you go back. So Fedra is is kind of like the, I don't know, government agency or whatever that's taking okay. control of these cities after the collapse of, of society, basically. So... The school that Ellie is in is controlled by Fedra. She's kind of in, I don't know, in training to be a part of Fedra or whatever in the hierarchy there. Fedra kind of gives you your job type of thing unless you're on the fringes of society. I guess that's kind of how it works. They're like the neo-government that's popped up after after this apocalypse or whatever. I do like and and, I don't know, question... The fact that there's not any talk of the infected or, or whatever in this book at no, all. There's no talk no. Of, of an apocalypse or anything happening at all. The only thing that you see is in the back of a panel there where Ellie's bus is letting off. You see something about, uh, I don't know, being mindful of infected or something like that. Just in the background there. So it's, it's, not, it's not discussed. It's not talked about. There's obviously no infected characters. I assume as the series goes on uh, here in these next three issues, they'll probably dive more into that. But but yeah, for this being like a zombie book and to have absolutely no zombies or mention of zombies in the first issue is, is pretty interesting. I think that they were really banking on the fact that people had either played the game or really were familiar with the source material there. So, so I think that that's pretty interesting. Um, let's talk about the dialogue a little bit. How do you feel about the dialogue? Again, I hate to say it. There's not really any dialogue here. There's there a couple isn't. of things. I feel like everything that was said, we've already kind of repeated. So um, 
yeah, this is uh, again, it's a very visual story. It's it's very it's kind of banking on the fact that you kind of already know what's going on. I think that in all fairness, this is more for somebody who had played the game already or already knows what's going on. And this is mm -hmm. uh, supplemental material because I think that if you had no clue and this was just a book that you picked up off the racks, you wouldn't be that super interested in reading the next one, in my opinion. Well, no, because it would be touted as a zombie book. Yeah. But as we've seen in issue one, there's no zombies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of interesting how they do that. Um so, so yeah, not much with the dialogue, the world building at least. I, I think that, that it's got a, a pretty satisfactory amount of world building. We see that maybe not as much as something like the show or probably the game. We can't really tell that there's not, I don't know, like modern society and electricity and stuff happening. But you see at least kind of this rundown facility and bus and everything. Um, you see that it's a little less organized than something would be probably like now it seems more like a like a juvenile detention center or something than like a school or government agency so i think that the world building really works i think it looks really nice and drab and everything of course that's more the artwork uh, and everything than the story but but i think that the world building does work here i just like we kind of talked about a minute ago i would like to see some of the infected at least somebody it would have been nice if they passed i don't know an infected like uh, killing somebody or something in the background i don't know just something to allude a little bit of more uh, about this world but that's unfortunately not exactly what we got so that's okay how about the art let's move over to the art let's talk about the characters um this one's going to be hard because i don't dislike the art at all i think it's good and it's fitting i think that having that real world view of of the show and then what i've seen from the game it doesn't match with that so it did not. Yeah, it, it's definitely. It, 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 it's definitely more of like a more like your. Uh, I don't want to say cartoony stuff. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's it's more stylized towards that. It, it looks like something. Yeah, more of an illustration than like a comic book type of thing, which is fine. But it's definitely not a real world depiction. It's no. it's it's cartoony, like you said. Um, the characters Ellie and and Riley and, and some of the other characters. It could fit into a cartoon. <laughs> that's that's kind of what they look like. Not to say that's bad or anything, but it's just a different image than than what I have in my head of the characters. Of course, anything where where something's come out before or whatever is going to suffer of that, or something that's more popular will suffer of something like that. Well, and I guess going along with the art, I guess some people may be put off because going from the art of the game, yes, and then going to the art of this comic. Mm -hmm. You know, I could see people being put off by that because, you know, granted, you know, video games. So, you know, I mean, you want to, you know, of course, they want to show off, you know, the, the processing power, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. considering the game was, you know, as realistic as possible. Yep. And then, you know, us just saying in this comic, you know, it's more of an almost cartoony style Plus, you know, you just look at the cover and it's like two different art styles. Yep, definitely. Yeah, uh, I think that, like you said, you're expecting kind of what's happening on the cover here and then getting something completely different on the inside. Most comics operate that way, of course, uh, for the most part. You'll you typically have a different cover artist than interiors, which is fine. But this is, I don't know, painted. It's, it's, it's very different than what you're getting on the inside. Very, very different. So... 
whether that's good or bad, I don't know. Let's talk about the locations. I think that I did a little bit in the world building, but I think that the locations work. I think that it's it's dark, it's drab, it's a little run down. The, the world definitely feels lived in. I think the locations work. They don't look like they were just, I don't know, illustrated for the point of this comic and that's it. It looks like it has a strong history of source material and stuff as it does. So, so what did you think about the locations here? I thought the, lo the locations definitely showed, you mm -hmm. know, the bleakness and the drabness of this world as it is now mm -hmm. where, you know, most everybody is, is uninfected. Yep. Um, and I mean, you get them scaling the fence where you see, you know, the outside world, which has been quarantined off mm -hmm. from, you know, the, um, the, um, federal location yep mm -hmm. so i i mean i thought they did a good job with that yeah i i agree the locations worked well uh how about the backgrounds the backgrounds for me didn't stand out particularly much they're they're kind of just there i i think that's a good thing um they they fit in with the world i i think they worked along with this art style um and, and there was things happening in the background i i think that I'm satisfied with the backgrounds here, but there's not a lot that I can say about them. Well, I, th I thought the backgrounds worked in that, you know, especially when you have like a um, post-apocalyptic mm -hmm. book, like, you know, any zombie book is, or anything doing with zombies is post-apocalyptic. Yep. You know, you don't want everything to be, you know, 100%, you know, like perfect Alex Ross, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. painting style. You want to have a little bit of roughness to it and, um, you know, like it's been, like it's been lived in, like it's yep. been used. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I definitely think the background art style in this book works for what it is. Yeah, completely agreed. It, it works with the style here. So last thing we're going to talk about with this book is, is the colors. Bob, before I give my thoughts, you have any thoughts on the colors here? I mean, in, in just, you know, definitely, you know, in a book like this, you want to use darker colors. You want to use darker tones, you know, for the characters, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of want to use those lighter colors, you know, to give it, uh, you know, sense of hope. Yep. So I think the colors work. Uh, I think the colors work well for this style of book. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of what I was going to get into. I think that the colors really kind of shine here. They they really help tell the story in a way that we have like a lack, a lack of dialogue and a very, very linear story that doesn't go all over the place. There's not a whole lot of world building or anything. I think the colors make up for quite a bit of that here. They're, they kind of shine. So... So I appreciate the colors here. Whoever did the colors on this book did a wonderful job. And uh, again, this being a bonus episode, we're not going to go into too much. We just kind of wanted to talk about the book for anybody who who it's inaccessible towards. Of course, as we talked about on the podcast before, we talked a little bit today. This book just continues to rise in price. So it's not something you're going to go find in a dollar bin somewhere. Um, you really got to shell out upwards of, of $250 for a copy of this thing now. So just a, a, a good book that we could talk about that we actually have sitting in front of us that we could kind of break down in case you are seeking out a copy uh, in case you're on the fence about getting one. Hopefully we could help a little bit. Now, 
I will ask the question, does this book make you want to move on to the second part of this four-part miniseries? Personally, for me, I'm going to give it a pass mm -hmm. just for the simple fact that, you know, if I, if, like we said, if I were to just randomly pick up this book, mm -hmm. you know, not knowing it was game or anything like that, and being that it's just supposed to be a zombie book mm -hmm. without any zombies, yep. if I had played the game, I would have picked it up, but just on the comic, I wouldn't go to issue number two. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I, I do want to know what happens, but I also feel like I already know what happens because of the lore in the show and everything. So so I, I kind of agree with you. Look, I I have this book in front of me. This is my personal copy. Um, now, I wouldn't be spending the 80 to 150 bucks on, on issue number two that, that it probably is on the secondary market now. So... It definitely doesn't do that much for me. I'm happy I have this copy, but it's not anything that I would go out and seek the second issue for unless unless I happen to find it somewhere very, very cheap, you know, 5 or $10 or whatever, sure. But yeah, as far as reading the second issue, I, I might check it out digitally. I'm not that stoked on it. I, I'd give it like an in-between. I'm in-between where you are and, and, and really stoked about it. So it's just kind of whatever. Not a bad read at all, but not very impactful either just kind of there. So anyways, guys, that was our discussion on The Last of Us American Dreams number one from Dark Horse Comics and our first bonus episode here of all new, all different number one comics. We really appreciate you guys stopping by and checking us out. Of course, you can find us on social media at Instagram under ANAD underscore number one comics podcast. On Twitter at ANADNO Comic Pod. On TikTok at ANAD number one Comics Pod. And on YouTube under the Comic Book Channel. We do a giveaway every single week where we give away a comic book that is either the issue that we reviewed, which sadly will not be this one. Sorry, this isn't one that we're going to be giving away. But if you'd like to be entered to win one of our past reviewed comics or just a cool comic, Please use the hashtag all new, all different nation on a social media post of your choice to be entered in for that giveaway. And again, if you guys have any suggestions for future episodes on comic books that you would like for us to cover, please leave that as a comment on Spotify, on YouTube, or on social media. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for this bonus episode, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.